0: Good evening, Nicola Murphy. How are you doing this fair winter's day?
1: Uh, Very good. Uh, All good here. Just a bit later this evening recording. So it's like a full day has gone. (laughs) I know. But all is well.
0: Yes. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Busy, busy, very busy with work. Busy with life. Busy with everything. But it's good. Makes the weeks go quicker, you know. So um, yeah. yeah, can't really complain. Um, I enjoyed the merriment that was coming via social media over the weekend from Ireland. <laughs> from Ireland, uh, oh, I I was, we're all still in a state of shock, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was slightly, slightly jealous. I have to say that there was this sort of feeling of Freedom Day happening over there, and, and here it was like, I think similar things are happening, but. They didn't make a big announcement and it's not, Mm. you know, it's slower, I guess, a bit slower and incremental probably. Yeah. But no, it was great. Hallelujah. Sing hallelujah.
1: Yeah, it was all mad because it happened very quick. We went from being in the freaking depression state last week and then all of a sudden Friday, well, Thursday came along and there was rumblings on Thursday night and next thing Friday morning it was getting confirmed and all that. It was crazy, sure, but uh, mm-hmm. I didn't uh, go out properly. I, I went to meet Brian, our brother, for a couple of drinks all right, during the day on Saturday just to kind of soak up the atmosphere, you know. And it mm-hmm. was lovely, I must say. But like weird because you can... The pubs are packed now. You don't have to wear a mask in pubs. Only the people working do. You can drink at the bar. Loads of old fellas up sitting at the bar again. You know, it was so nice. It was weird. Like two years, you know. Well, just mm-hmm. under two years since I saw that last. But it was lovely. Very nice. We're actually going to go out for dinner this weekend, soon as we don't have to be home by eight o'clock. And <laughs> actually, I might dress up.
0: Ooh, what? <laughs> up? Yeah, I know. So, oh, nice.
1: uh, yeah. I'm sure the world is our oyster now again, it seems. And people are booking things and planning things and gigs. And oh, my God, I can't wait to go to a gig. And mm-hmm. yeah, so all is good over here. So, yeah, I'd say it's a bit FOMO. Right? I was talking to uh, Denise in Canada and she was saying the same. It's very slow over there. Things are
0: totally shut down everything's closed so it's mad the difference in places but i suppose actually we're not that different here like we still have but we still have bars and stuff you know and yeah. i'm not too sure about social distancing um and masks but your masks are still i don't know each their own, own kind like, of thing you make your yeah, own decisions yeah kind of exactly and as of next monday they're in Encouraging people to go back to the office, you know. So that's yeah, similar, and uh, I think I think they're just not making the big sort of Freedom Day announcement that Mihal Martin got for himself. Yeah. Did you watch it or did you hear it or anything? No, I didn't. No. It was nice. There were a few nice
1: snippets of it, all right, like what he said and stuff, you know, that it's spring and he's never quite looked, spring is coming, Isn't never quite looked forward to spring as much as this and things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, it was quite nice. But I wouldn't be as big as fan, but I did enjoy it, I must say, what he said. Well,
0: when he was bringing that news, everybody enjoyed (laughs) it, I'd say. Yeah, I'm sure their political favour is going to go up a few points uh, after the last week for sure. And I can't leave you go without asking you about the dead body in the post office, even though i regret saying it because we are uh, letting British people know about this insane <laughs> thing that happened in Ireland.
1: Yeah, I don't know much about it, to be honest with you. And I was in the pub on Saturday and we were talking about it. And I thought it happened at Christmas time because Mom said something about it happening at Christmas time. But no, it actually happened on Friday evening. And apparently he had just died, this old fella, and two young guys had brought him in to collect his pension. <laughs>
0: I think one of them is his so, son or his grandson.
1: Yeah. And I think that yeah. they said that, like, the, one of them had a bit of a reputation and that's why they didn't serve them. I, I, in my head, I was like, oh, was it not the dead body that was with them that stopped them from <laughs> serving them? Because it was in the local post office, you know? But I think oh, they've been arrested right. and all that. Like, but Jesus Christ. I think, like, it was
0: so overshadowed. It was such a mad story, but it was overshadowed yeah. by all the good news. But. God, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who said it. It was Weekend of Bernie stuff, wasn't it? Like, oh man, man. hilarious. Uh, Well, that was the wild news from Ireland. (laughs) Oh, God, let's hope for not as many, like, complete, yeah, mad Uh, stories from the rural life. All we get over here is Fick and Boris Johnson having birthday parties and parties and and more parties. And it would appear that Downing Street is a complete piss up of a job (laughs) if you get in there. But, um, yeah, that's how we get in the news over here, generally speaking. Yeah, should we better push on and get on with this podcast? So, up first, number one. One. So, this week, I'm talking about something that's happening in Dublin. So, it'll only be really re- relevant to some of our Dublin listeners, but... Some of the stuff is going to be online, so I thought I would mention it anyway and you can check it out. Uh, The Lord Mayor of Dublin, Alison Gilliand, is inviting everyone to join in celebrating the contributions and achievements of women past and present on February 1st for Bridget 2022 Dublin City Celebrating Women. Associated with Creativity, Wisdom and the Traditional Gaelic Festival of Imbolc the Celtic goddess Bridget will serve as inspiration for this exciting new programme of events. She said, I'm delighted to initiate the new of Women while acknowledging St. Bridget, my inspiration is very much drawn from our Celtic heritage, the fierce yet protective and creative goddess Bridget and the Gaelic Festival of Imbolc. Yeah, it's cool because it's kind of like we want to celebrate St. Bridget, but that's not very cool. So we're going to go with the, the Celtic pagan thing. <laughs> so the Bridget 22... 2022 programme seeks to provide spaces and opportunities across our city to acknowledge and celebrate the contributions and achievements of women and highlight the rich tapestry of life that they have woven in all walks of life and society. Taking place across the city, there will be a host of free events, including live podcasts, gigs, walking tours, exhibitions, workshops and panel discussions. Each event will acknowledge the contribution of Irish women through the ages, highlighting their stories, promoting the immense contribution to society and welcoming the beginning of spring. So there'll be performances of songs and stories from some of Ireland's most mesmerising performers, including Imelda May, (coughs) excuse me, Fellish Speaks, Shibail Nakashed and Tolu Makai in the Mansion House. There is going to be a talk about women in STEM. It's a panel discussion uh, with a number of women who have made significant contributions to STEM over the last century. And they'll talk about how the female lens impacts on STEM innovation. Um, Where You Lead is a podcast that will discuss... Um, a series of remarkable women in conversation with those who inspire them, like founder and CEO Chupi Sweetman and her mother, writer and journalist Rosita Sweetman. That sounds kind of interesting. Um, Then there is also a panel discussion about women in politics um, and the lack of knowledge of women, what they did during the fight for independence, how women's participation in politics has evolved and the barriers to women's political participation today. There are some walks on, including one through Glasnevin Cemetery, which will uh, consider some of the high profile women that were buried there including Countess Markievicz Maud Ghan etc etc and there will also be a street art tour featuring vibrant murals and art installations the list actually goes on and on and on Um, if you're feeling adventurous you can make new new friends and learn something new with fifty first skates at Capital Dock where you learn the basics of skating, roller skating in an inclusive, welcoming environment. There's loads on. It's lovely. Right. I yeah. feel like it should be a national thing. It's really cool. Well,
1: you know, next year it is. We have a bank holiday, a holiday. now on the 1st yeah. of February. Yeah.
0: 2023. Yeah, we're getting yeah. it on the 18th of March this
1: year and oh. then uh, the 1st of February every year going
0: forward. Nice. Yeah, um, I'm like, yay for another bank holiday. Yay for celebrating women. Boo for that it's a saint. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: She was still a strong woman.
0: (laughs) Yeah. For more information on these events or if you want to go along to them or listen to them online, etc. You can go to Dublin.ie forward slash Bridget. B-R-I-G-I-T. Bridget. (laughs) Um good. That was number one. I just thought it was lovely, lovely yeah, celebration. Nice. Yeah, it's nice that they're of kinda things. getting
1: it out there now so that maybe people go along and then next year when they've a day off for it, you know, yeah. in lieu of it, then maybe like more will go and stuff. It's a lovely idea. Yeah. It good.
0: sounds like the Lord Mayor of Dublin is very much behind it, so um fair play to her. Alison Gilliand. Gilly There's been a Gilliland. few good. Good. Lord Mayor's of
1: Dublin strong women you know yeah yeah uh,
0: Mm -hmm. there you go over to you Nick number two two
1: very good very interesting well from uh, one uh, awesome woman (laughs) or women (laughs) to a few more so this week I started watching Yellow Jackets have you heard anything about it? no nothing (laughs) Okay, so um, very good. It is on Sky, so it's on Sky Atlantic. It's also on Now TV if you don't have Sky. So it's it, and it's all on the Sky Player and all that. That's where I was watching it from. So it's a drama series, but the cast is unreal. Do you know who's in it now? We probably haven't seen either of them in a very long time. Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis are two of the main characters in it.
0: Oh, yeah, I like both of them. Yeah, mm. I
1: do as well, and. Like Juliette Lewis is actually brilliant, at playing kind of a tormented character, because I think Always. she's probably a bit tormented herself. I don't know, mm, but it just comes across like that. And mm-hmm. Christina Ricci's character is completely nuts. So again, brilliant. She plays it really, really well. So it's a it's interesting one. Somebody was talking about it last week because it was the final of it Sunday, a week ago. And I think it's mm-hmm. I haven't got to the final yet. I've done eight out of the 10 episodes, but I think it must be a bit controversial or something or I don't know what way it's going to end. But I'm really enjoying it so far. So what it is, is it's a drama series and it's kind of told in two timelines. So they're all the same characters, but some when they're teenagers and then when they're grown up. And what it's about is the so there's a football team so it's back in the 90s 1996 a football team in new jersey a high school football team are on their way to like state finals and uh, they're in a plane crash in the middle of nowhere the plane crashes in a like very forested mountainous area Mm. and obviously some people die and some people survive and it's about their story but we see like three or four of the main characters that were in the plane crash are still alive. So we know some of them survive, but we Mm. don't know what happens to everyone else. We just Mm. know there's these three or four characters and Mm. Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis are two of them. So Mm. the... The whole thing is is the two timelines. So I nearly prefer the the plane crash timeline because you see at the very start. So not to spoil it, because it's literally the first scene in the entire thing. You see a girl running through the woods. It's there's snow on the ground, and basically falling into a trap. And there's all these wooden spikes, and basically completely impaling her, impaling herself. Oh my god! So there's
0: a whole other element of a dystopia. Yes, yes. And then you literally see them.
1: Like, kind of dressed up. You can't see their faces, but it's like they've completely turned, like, feral, you know? Yeah. They kind of oh, have, like, cool. mad, like, skins on and stuff, like, animal pelts and stuff. And they, you see them eating this person. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, so, like, well, Like, it's not that graphic, but you see them, like, you know, them slitting her throat. And you don't see the person's face. And you see them, like, cooking. And that's kind of it. And that's how it starts. So you're like, okay, oh, we God. know it's all going to turn really Bad. bad. And yeah. we know that they're going to grow up, some of them, that they survive. Mm. And it goes from there. I'd say there's going to be a good few series of it because
0: like, I can't see it getting to that point. It's like the- uh, Last Meets Alive. I always remember that scene where they start carving the meat out of the, your man's ass when he's frozen
1: <laughs> and oh alive. The side I think of I, I watched and- it live when I was about seven, I'd say, and it mm. like, still haunts me. <laughs> but yeah. uh, very much like that. Really enjoyable, though. I really like it. Hopefully the ending mm. is good because, like I said, uh, we're eight... Well, we're just going on to the ninth and tenth episode tonight. I've watched it with Cher, too. He enjoyed it as well. So Mm. sometimes I know we talk about things that are maybe really focused, but um, yeah, the acting is really good. And some of the like modern storyline is a bit boring. Not boring, but Mm. just, you know, it's kind of like, I suppose it's a kind of warm up version. Slower. Yeah, Mm. the playing crash Mm. one is is more exciting. But Mm. um, yeah, really enjoying it. So that's my recommendation for the week. Yellow Jackets on Sky. It's on Sky and Now TV in Ireland or the UK. If you don't know Sky, you know, you can get Now TV Mm -hmm. and I think you can get it for free for a few months. So if -hmm. you're looking to watch it, all the Sky stuff is on there too. So if you don't pay for Sky, you can get everything on Now TV. So there you go. Cool,
0: cool. I started watching a thing last night called Trigger Point, which has... I can't remember her name. The girl from Line of Duty. Kate from Line of Duty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who is also Lolly and this is England Vicky McClure no. Vicky McClure Vicky McClure yeah um, it's about a bomb disposal unit oh. in England. yeah oh. so literally the Mix first episode So the
1: bodyguard's slash <laughs> slash line of
0: duty kind of yeah mm-hmm. uh, meets the hurt locker you know they're bomb disposal yeah. experts so like literally the first episode last night was one one incident they go to and they find a bomb and it's a dud and they go on to the next one and there's like four different bombs, potential mm. bombs, you know, and it's mm. just it's quite edge your seat stuff, you know, mm. um, but it's well done. It's sounds good. She's a little bit typecast in it, you know, kind of tough copper, blah, mm. blah, blah. Interesting. Like quite, um, quite an explosive ending. Let's just leave, say that. Right. Oh, but is it um,
1: how many? Is it a part of multiple parts? Yes, not? it's
0: a new series, new series. So I don't know. I don't know how many parts are. um mm. I didn't look it up. And the other thing I saw, oh, I've nearly finished Dope Sick Nick. I thought it was on the last one last night, but actually I've got one to go tonight. Oh you enjoying it? Loved it, yeah. Yeah, First thing in a long time, you want to watch the next one straight away. We literally binged it on in one day. Yeah, I could see how you could. I mean, we've done pretty well now to do it in two weeks because it usually takes us ages to do stuff. (laughs) I went to see Belfast at the weekend. Oh yeah, brilliant. So Kenneth Brenna's...
1: Catherine Belfast in that from... uh,
0: Yes, Katrina Trina Outlander. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And um, my pal, who has grown on me, I have to admit. Jamie Turner. <laughs> Jamie Dornan. So um, You already saying a few weeks ago what you hated him. <laughs> no, I just said I don't. His character in yeah, The Fall, yeah, I just yeah, hated him. Yeah. I hate that he was kind of brooding, smoky, brooding yeah. character, which was, I think, even though I've never really seen it, but I just presumed his character in Fifty Shades of great to no, me. And I was like, is he, uh, is yeah. he like this in everything he's in, just kind of quiet and... Moody. But anyway, um, it's Kenneth Brenna's autobiographical or semi I think it's autobiographical um story about growing up in Belfast. He lived in Belfast as a young boy and his family emigrated when he was sort of seven or eight. Oh,
1: yeah. Um
0: and it's essentially the story of like living in Belfast during the Troubles. During the Troubles and yeah. his family were Protestant but not we'll say anti Catholic. And it kind of tells, it's interesting. It kind of tells the side of story. Maybe we haven't heard before, which was the people who were caught up in the troubles, but didn't have, S-I-H didn't come down s- strongly on one mm-hmm. side or the other. Interesting. You know, just wanted people to live together and peaceful and all that. Um, and it's just a love story and it's just oh. a story of a family. And you, you know, it's just little clips of life in that family over those years. And it's lovely. It's very nice. I was texting Ooh. into the family WhatsApp group the other night because Judy Dench is the grandmother in it. And she <laughs> yeah. is the absolute spit of my grandmother, Murphy. It was distracting, actually, when I was watching the film. Um, her accent is a little bit dodgy. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard, yeah, A little though, bit it's unfortunate. It's very hard, yeah. yeah but um, loads of sexy Belfast accents otherwise <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a really soft spot for the Northern accent yeah it was brilliant really enjoyed it great yeah fab just lovely just a lovely film now there is Good. some violence in it like and yeah. there is very sad bits I was nearly in tears in the opening scene yeah I think that was putting me off watching it because I, I just don't I, no there's only there's only maybe two or three kind of yeah, tough that's okay. so I'm glad going that, scenes yeah, yeah give it a the go, so. joy of being in the cinema I cannot tell you yeah. That was your first time in like years. For, well, no, a year and a <laughs> half. 2020, we 20, I believe. Summer 2020, I went. Yeah, exactly. That's the last time. So, um, no, it was nice. But God almighty, the cinema was so expensive. It's just oh, Isn't it mad? I'd say people haven't returned properly because like even for us too, it's like, do we want to watch that or will we wait a few weeks, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'd say we spent 50 quid. Yes, yeah, mad, mad. Just between tickets and a couple of drinks and some popcorn, like. Mad. The prices have all definitely gone up too. So oh, totally. I mean, the cinema was nowhere near full like, you know, mm. but um, but it was very enjoyable and I would highly recommend it. So Lovely. there you go. Moving on, on. Number three, Fox of the Week. Three. So Fox of the Week this week is Veronica Yvette Greenfield. Oh. Do you know who that is? No, I actually don't more commonly known as Ronnie Spector, who oh. passed away last week. She was one of the Ronettes and the I Spector listened to a podcast about her a
1: week ago, actually.
0: <laughs> well, you should be doing this. Oh, lads, also, shouldn't well, you? well, I don't know
1: the details, but I know a bit about her. Yeah, go on. Exciting. Go? Okay. I know
0: someone you're talking about. Yes, you go Oh, we can have a chat about it. So, oh, that's good. That's good. So, yeah, she was... Um, she was the lead singer of the Runettes, and they were referred to originally... Uh, she was referred to originally as the bad girl of rock and roll. <laughs> she was born in East Harlem in New York City. Her mother was of black and Cherokee descent and her father was Irish. So there you go. Uh, she formed the group, the Darling Sisters, with her elder sister, Estelle Bennett and their cousin, Nedra Talley, in the late 50s. That's another Estelle. We had a, an Estelle a couple of weeks ago as well, I remember? Yeah, it's funny. They, they They are. There was one in a movie or something I watched recently, too, and I was like, oh, maybe it's more common than we thought originally. Yeah. <laughs> Frequency bias, that's called when you're aware oh, of Oh, when you're aware. You it everywhere. Oh, very yeah. good, Yeah. Uh, So later known as the Rannets, they were signed to Phil Spector's Phillies label and he produced the majority of their recording output. The Rannets had a string of hits in the 60s, including Be My Baby, Baby I Love You, The Best Part of Breaking Up and Walking in the Rain. I know the first two, I'm not too sure what the second two, but anyway. Um, the Ranettes broke up in early 67 following a European concert tour after Be- Bennett, they're calling her Bennett here, Ronnie. After Ronnie married Phil in 1968, she began to use the name Ronnie Spector, but she withdrew from the spotlight because Phil prohibited her from performing and limited her recordings. In 1969, Phil saw a production deal with AM Records and he released her record You Came, You Saw, You Conquered credited as the Ronettes featuring the voice of Veronica with Oh I Love You an old Ronettes B-side on the flip. Her vocals were used for the lead and the back. Phil kept many of the group's unreleased songs in the vault for years. In February 1971 Ronnie Spector recorded the song Try Some, Buy Some. This is when she was out on her own afterwards at Abbey Road Studios. It was a George Harrison song and it Uh had a very lasting effect because it influenced John Lennon in recording Happy Christmas, War Is Over. Oh, Um, wow. Because he wanted the same wall of sound. Well, they call it the mandolin laden wall of sound here that Phil had uh, produced in that song on War Is Over. So Bennett and Phil Spector began having an affair soon after she was signed to his label in 1963. Early in their relationship, she was unaware that he was married after Spectre oh. divorced his wife in 1965, they married and their son Dante Philip was adopted in 1969. Two years later, Phil surprised her for Christmas with adopted twins, Louis and mental. Gary. I was like, yeah, Jesus mental. Christ, imagine too. someone came home with two children. Money though, but anyway. then he probably bought those children, right? You know. Exactly. How yeah. legally could she not even know about that? You yeah, know what I mean? I- Really? Ronnie Spector later revealed Phil subjected her to years of psychological torment and sabotaged her career by forbidding her to perform. She said he surrounded their house with barbed wire and guard dogs and confiscated her shoes to prevent her from leaving. On the rare occasion he allowed her out, she had to drive with a life-size dummy of him in her car. She stated that he had installed a gold coffin with a glass top in the basement, promising that he would kill her and display yeah. her corpse if she ever left him. This An is inch, mad. Yeah, she I began drinking and anyway. attending Alcoholics Anonymous meetings to escape the house. In 1972, she fled their mansion barefoot and without any belongings with the help of her mother. She said, I knew that if I didn't leave, I was going to die there. In 1974, uh, in the divorce settlement, Ronnie forfeited all future recording earnings after Phil threatened to have a hitman kill her. She received $25,000, a used car and monthly alimony of $2,500 for five years. Yeah, and he was like a millionaire even back then. She later (laughs) testified that Phil had frequently pulled a gun on her during their marriage and threatened to kill her unless she uh, surrendered custody of their children. She tried to rebuild her career keeping Spectre's name professionally because she said, I needed any way I could get back in. I'd been kept away so long. But Phil hired lawyers to prevent her singing her classic hit songs and denied her royalties. In 1980, she released her debut solo album, uh, and a string of other albums after that. In her book, Ronnie Spector recounted several abortive attempts to recapture mainstream success throughout the 70s and 80s, during which time she was perceived as an oldies act. In 1988, the Ronettes sued Phil for 10 million in damages, rescission of their contract, the return of the masters and recoupment of money received from the sale of the Ronettes masters. It took 10 years for the case to make it to trial. And after a prolonged legal battle, Phil was ordered to pay Ronnie Spector over one million in royalties. In 1982, she married her manager, Jonathan Greenfield. They had two sons and they lived in Danbury, Connecticut. In 1990, she published her memoir, Be My Baby, How I Survived Mascara, Miniskirts and Madness or My Life My Life as a Fabulous Runnet. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the Rannets in 2007. She died at her home there after a brief battle with cancer on the 12th of January this year, age 78. Um... Wonderful singer, crazy life, God help her. And I did not know any of that until I sat down to look at it today.
1: Yeah, it's mad. And I think there's a big story as well about her mom and when she was going to marry him for the spectre. Her mom was like, you're going like, you're going to die basically in this marriage. Like she the mother mm-hmm. had such a bad vibe about him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously he went on to be a murderer. So, yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah.
0: So he was convicted in 2009 of murdering actress Lana Clarkson and was sentenced yeah. to 19 years in prison. He died last year. That January. poor
1: girl. Like that that was what it was. It was a true crime podcast. It was about actually the murder of that girl. But obviously they covered everything about Ronnie Spector as well because she testified and all that about the abuse and the mental abuse and mm. all that. And that poor girl, like that was the first time meeting him. And he was like, oh, come into my house. And she came in, went into his house. And within like half an hour, he'd shot her in the face
0: you're yeah
1: that was her first time ever meeting him and I think he had like invited her over and she had a driver and she even said to her driver she was like will you just wait here like I'll, I'll be out very quickly and he really shot her in the face and next thing Phil Spector came up to the driver and was like uh something's after happening, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, he rang, I, saw, I read about it a little bit today, he rang 911 and said, I think I killed someone. And then later on, his defence was that she was kissing the gun. Yeah. Like yeah. she had a shotgun shot in her head, mm. bullet in her head. And she, his thing was she was, it was an accident. She was kissing the gun. Yeah, mental.
1: but he looks like a pure baddie, doesn't he? It is a real totally. like, psycho totally. look about him. Oof, totally. Yeah, totally. not a good guy. And it's a pity because he had great music back in the day. This was our... Uh, oh my God. I like won't get totally. into it, but uh, me and Brian with this, uh, can you separate the art from the artist uh, conversation well, this we had the at the weekend. <laughs> he, was,
0: he was one of the main people who sort of made a recording studio and engineering like another... Yeah musical the instrument thing, yeah. yeah like he's what he did some of the work he did was absolutely amazing but it's very hard to have any yeah. time or respect or even bother considering it when, when mm. he was such a terrible human being but he anyway he actually
1: um died of covid in 2020 so there you go one good thing that covid
0: did for the world <laughs> the covid <laughs> got him okay number four Oh, I forgot it was me there for a second, sorry. <laughs> so uh, this week you're always uh, number four.
1: I know, I just forgot. Uh this week, it's actually a bit of an unusual one because it's something that I started, not that I got into lately, but it's something that I enjoy lately, is um abandoned houses and places and oh, things yeah. like this. Yeah. Did we not do so, this already? No, I did I did something similar before about it, but these things is yeah. like even like there's this and this one I'll give you the the at, but it's all about like Gilded Age mansions. So it'll tell you about oh. like the mansions of the Gilded Age and how mm. like they're influenced on in places like New York and all that. And I got in spoke because of that new TV show that's coming out of The Gilded Age, which I think was out last night. We'll talk about it next week. You know, it's kind of the new like Downton Abbey. It's from the makers yes. of Downton Abbey. So it's Miranda. kind of the same vibe as in
0: it, isn't she? Miranda from Sex and the City's in it. I think. Is no. she? Oh maybe. Yeah, I think so. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: maybe. Yeah, so that's why I kind of started looking at it and all that. So it's absolutely fascinating. It okay. will tell you about the history of all these big mansions and houses in like, and obviously I think I didn't really know what the Gilded Age was, but it's obviously that side of the States that kind of mm-hmm. refers to during that period. So I wasn't aware of it until like I saw the, the ad for the Gilded Age. So, so the Gilded
0: Age <laughs> is essentially the sort of gold rush era where people built Fabulous, ornate houses and that kind of thing. Yeah, when
1: there was a lot of money, basically, you know, so. Mm. um, But this Instagram account basically shows you all the different houses. It will actually tell you about the history of the house. It will tell you who lived in the house and now what it's being used for, you know. So, yeah, so it's kind of cool because it's like, obviously, a look from past into present. I was looking at this and it was because last week there was a thing as well. Out about there's a street in Dublin that apparently is is still there that like used to be like this kind of eighteen hundreds like marketplace and it was oh, and yeah. that was kind of led me down a big long rabbit hole of places like this. Mansions mm. of the Gilded Age I have it And like I said It goes through like it Obviously is referencing The new HBO show as well Because they must have like Used it as some of the inspiration Because mm. it has like A lot of followers as well So like just for example The Metropolitan Club on Fifth Avenue And it shows you a picture of it And and um, what it was It was a private club Basically during Gilded Age And now uh, it doesn't actually say what it is but usually they do say what it is lots of different and like again sometimes they're just abandoned so like I'll show you one picture there not know can you see it so like they're big massive uh, <laughs> houses it's and like, like Muckra's house. <laughs> it does look a bit like mockers House and some of them are houses again you know um, mm-hmm. and then like obviously there's books and all that stuff and it talks about like them being used in TV shows and films and loads of them are very famous mm-hmm. you would have seen them in lots of TV shows and films mm-hmm. but um, and some of them like I said are just deserted So I still like all that stuff. So that one is Mansions of the Gilded Age was the account. That I well, I do suppose
0: it. that's your, you've got your degree, your history degree there, you know, no wonder you like looking into the past. Nicola, it's obviously an area of interest for you. <laughs> that's it.
1: Well, it's more so like I just think it's so cool, like the architecture back then and what things were used for and stuff, Do you know what I mean? Like even sometimes mm-hmm. they'll talk about things like Rockefeller Plaza. What was that? What was it? You know, what is it now? kind of thing? I like all that. And usually, I think it was like the 1910, 1920s, the Gilded Age. That, yeah. Yeah. So there, there's not that long ago like, that's why there are obviously pictures and all of it. But yes, mm-hmm. so, um yeah, sorry, it was a bit all over the place this week because my bloody phone <laughs> wouldn't find the account. But that's what <laughs> I was trying to
0: tell you about anyway. <laughs> you
1: really and we'll can. talk about the series next week. Yay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: You're probably going to start hearing doors slamming and people screaming in the background here because my kids are going to bed and there's generally carnage and some s- types of war going on at this time. So apologies if you can hear that in the background. Number five. Five. So a couple of uh, bits of news in the music news this week. It's all spats, basically. Oh,
1: it's a theme in Auburn. Yeah, yeah, getting on there in a second.
0: Uh, Neil Young has demanded that Spotify removes his music due to vaccine misinformation spread by podcaster Joe Rogan on the streaming service. He said they can have Rogan or Young, but not both wrote the star in a letter to his management and record label. Rogan has been criticised for airing vaccine-sceptical views and promoting debunked claims about treating COVID-19 with the anti-parasite drug Ivermectin. Spotify, yeah. which paid 100 million for the rights to the podcast in 2020, is yet to comment. Young's comments came in an open letter which was briefly posted to his Neil Young archives website before being removed today. I want, to, I want you to let Spotify know immediately today that I want all my music off their platform, he wrote. I'm doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing debt to those who believe in this diff- disinformation being spread by them. Please act on this immediately today and keep me informed of the time schedule. Young is not the first person to raise concerns over the content of Rogan's podcast. Last month, 270 doctors, scientists and healthcare professionals signed an open letter requesting that Spotify implement a policy for dealing with misinformation because of Rogan's concerning history in inverted commas, in discussing the pandemic. So there you go. Good on you, Neil Young. Though, you know, sometimes you think with celebrities, like use your voice for something positive. You know what I mean? Um, We were we were also discussing him at the weekend. Joe Rogan and all the shite he comes out with. So, yeah, he's massive. Yeah, he's absolutely massive. I think he's like number
1: one podcast all the time, consistently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he does. He took that. What is it called? Ivermectin. Is it what's it called? They took. Mm -hmm. He took it when he COVID. He actually took it himself. Like.
0: Mad. Yeah, um, and the other bit of news is exactly what you were talking about there Taylor Swift has criticised Damon Albarn lead singer of Blur and Gorillaz uh, after he said that she doesn't write her own music talking to the LA Times Albarn replied to the interviewer calling Swift an excellent songwriter but stating she doesn't write her own songs Swift responded on Twitter saying, I was such a big fan of yours until I saw this. I write all of my own songs. Your hot take is completely false and so damaging. Albarn said in the interview that he prefers Billie Eilish, who he called a really interesting songwriter. I'm more attracted to that than Taylor Swift. It's just darker, less endlessly upbeat, way more minor and odd. I think she's exceptional. Eilish actually co-writes her songs with her brother, Phineas. Uh, When the interviewer said that Swift co-writes her music, Albarn responded, that doesn't count. Um, I know what co-writing is. Co-writing is very different to writing. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying there's a big difference between a songwriter and a songwriter who co-writes. There was a Swift backlash on Twitter, including from producer Jack Antonoff, who had previously worked with Swift. Um, Al Barn later apologised writing to Swift on Twitter. I totally agree with you. I had a conversation about songwriting and sadly it was reduced to clickbait. I apologise unreservedly and unconditionally. The last thing I would want to do is to discredit your songwriting. I hope you understand.
1: Yeah, you see, the thing is, don't fuck with Taylor Swift fans. They're mental. They're crazy. Like, I mean, of all the people to talk negatively, but not negatively. I mean, God, maybe he just didn't know. I'm sure it was fairly innocent. But like, they go mental. They're out for blood. You
0: know, to be honest, and I saw somebody saying this online today, it's very hard to express a negative opinion about anybody. Yeah, it know? is.
1: Everything's cancelled. Everyone's cancelled. You can't cancel culture, anything, isn't yeah. it?
0: And I like Damon Albarn, but he's also human, you know. And potentially, he got it wrong there. You know what I mean? And he did say sorry. You know, I want to give him the best. But there will be war.
1: Oh, I couldn't even. I wouldn't even look now. Twitter and anything around that because it'll just be people out for blood. They go mental. Her fans that go crazy. So like of all the people, like I said. But yeah, I do like him too. But at the same point, like if you're being interviewed and it obviously seems to be like a bigish kind of interview, like you should Mm. be fact checking yourself before you say stuff. Though exactly,
0: like it seemed like a strong enough opinion that he was sure of it. Yeah. But clearly, I'm sorry, but like the diagonal street
1: knows that Taylor Swift writes her own music. Sure, she had that war with that bloody what was his name, Scooter Brown, whatever his name was. Brown, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like people know that. And I wouldn't say all all her music
0: is upbeat. Like she's obviously on the pop side, but I think she's got a lot of like hard messages and sad messages in her songs. You know what I mean? Um, And and I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan. I just think that he just made a he made a mistake there. Uh, but also a bit of cancel culture going on. So, oh, seems to it's kind of of itself, exhausting, anyway. It has it. It um, is. It's just exhausting, mm. isn't it? You'd probably get a horse's head in his bed or something by a Taylor yeah, Swift fan, anyway. I so. wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but mm. yeah, there you go. That's the music news. That's everything this week. Lovely job,
1: Lovely job, I know you have children you need to put to bed so we better wrap yeah. up fairly lively. Um Indeed. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, for everyone in Ireland, I hope you enjoy the reopening of life and if you're nervous, that's okay too. You don't need to be rushing to the pub. Totally.
0: <laughs> Actually, I'm going to plug my other podcast that I did ages oh, ago yeah, here. It's us. called... Um, Life after lockdown. So Aww. the reset room and life after lockdown. And it literally talks about sort of reemerging from the pandemic yeah. and going back to work and sort of maybe having a bit of anxiety about these things. Me and two life coaches chatting about it all. So check it out. The reset room, life after lockdown. Oh, it must do, yeah, absolutely.
1: Now, personally I'm absolutely fine with emerging back into society. <laughs> <laughs> I will be at I will be at gigs. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm ready. I'm, em- for it. <laughs> I'm, em- I'm emerging with bells on.
1: <laughs> but I do understand that there will be a lot of nerves. And I feel bad for people being forced back to the office now after being at home yeah. for so long. And there will
0: be people who, who are vulnerable people in their lives and all yeah, that of as course. Well, the creators. Like if COVID's so still there,
1: we're just kind of seem to be ignoring it now. But yeah, that's the crack. Yeah. One, yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Kelly Thank you for listening
0: we'll be back again next week stay cool bye bye